What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of the Premier League podcast here on FanRag Sports. As we say hello to 2018 and goodbye to 2017. It was a rough year in many aspects. And uh, hopefully 2018 will be a little bit better. I saw uh, on freaking ESPN had a huge banner. Uh, I'm not sure if it was New Year's Eve or New Year's Day that said, relive the best of 2017 for the U.S. men's national team. And I was just like, oh, my God, guys, could you be any more oblivious? Oof, that's a rough one. Uh, I'm Sebastian Oren. That was Elliot Niblock. And then we got Polly Quistel with us as well. We'll see I mean, if... there was that time where, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, way to try to look on the bright side, man. That's that New Year's resolution working its way for at least a few days. Yep. <laughs> yeah, any New Year's resolutions from either one of you? Uh, I'm going to write more poetry and do more yoga because I want to be even more of a hippie yuppie than I am already. Polly, you can't top that. I'm sorry. I don't have any resolutions. I'm not trying to talk. I'm just going to keep living my life and same uh, new year, same bullshit. There we go. Yeah. My new year's resolution is to drink more bourbon. Um, (laughs) There we have it. Yep. That's a good one. Especially when it's negative four outside. Keep warm. Uh, Yeah. We're going to take a look here at the very hectic festive season that was in the Premier League. And go through a couple of the games here. And we're going to start down towards the bottom of the table. Well, all the way at the bottom of the table. Swansea City sitting in last place. They did get a win over Watford on the 30th. But then they started off the new year by getting a 2-0 defeat at the hands of Tottenham. And Sirens right on cue. I mean, come on. That's just, you know, like uh, when they go to reporters on TV and like they have that fake background that they're sitting in front of, like that's pretty much like I just have the background sirens. Yeah, you you, <laughs> you have that recorded on a loop and you just push play. Yeah, they're not nope. even real. Nope, not even real. <laughs> okay, so Swansea, any, <laughs> what do we have to say about the Swans here? Uh, new manager. Well, this was good. They- yeah, new manager and they showed life because the game on Saturday was was good. They scored two goals in the last five minutes to get the win. So, you know, they they were not dead in the water. Then they played Spurs and, uh, you know, it was 1-0 until the very, 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 very end when Deli Alley scored that weird goal that looked like it just took like a, a crazy bounce off the rebound. It kind of mm-hmm. looked like the goalie made the save and the rebound just hit Deli Alley again. Yeah that, yeah, that came in the 89th minute, so yeah. But, you know, again, uh, you're playing two days later and you have no squad. You're also playing one of the top teams. It's not like this happened against West Brom. This happened against Spurs, a match that you wouldn't have won even if – you wouldn't have won this match last year or, the like, you know, yeah. it's not a match you were expected to win. So take the good, which is, you know, you played a, a winnable game against Watford and even though you were down 1-0, you didn't – give up and two goals late you got three points yeah that's true yeah now they don't have a premier league fixture until the 13th when they take on newcastle on the road and newcastle sitting in 13th place only seven points or six points sorry six points between newcastle in 13th and swansea at the very end of the table so it's still very much up for grabs there well, so the bottom is really exciting. It's like getting good. Yes. 
the bottom is getting good to the point that over the weekend I sent out a text to my friends being like, we need to figure out a way to get a pool on this and start. And Or we may just, I even said we may just have to abandon our teams at the top and each get teams on the bottom and start rooting for them. Because um, it's, getting, it's getting fun. And the good news is, is like there's so many teams involved that we actually might get, and they're all so close, that we actually might get a relegation battle at the end of the year this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the title challenge is all but done and dusted officially, and for all intents and purposes, it is. So, yeah, we got to hope for the relegation battle to keep the last couple games interesting. Yeah, as far I mean, as... Yeah, in the, past years, in the past years, we haven't had a title race at the, at the end of the season. We haven't had a top four race, and we haven't had a relegation race. And considering the fact that earlier this year, the teams that we were saying, oh, they're done and dusted, which number one team that we were saying they are done, there's not even a chance for them, is Crystal Palace, who, by the way, are fun to watch now. Um, they, they're already out of the relegation zone. Everton have pulled themselves out of it. Southampton are, like, free-falling into it. What yeah, Southampton not in good form. Same as Stoke. Uh, we got reports here that Mark Hughes is going to have a meeting with the board and discuss his future. So, Are you listing off teams that are on bad form or teams that Manchester United haven't been able to beat yet this year? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, Stoke will play Manchester United at Old Trafford on the 15th. That's their next league league fixture. We'll see if Mark Hughes is still the manager then. But it looks like he could be the next one to go. Uh, West Brom, they sit in 19th place. They have a very important games coming up against Brighton in their next league fixture, which is, like we said, it's almost, you know, it's 10 days away since we got FA Cup action coming up this weekend. Anyone excited for that? Yes, second best weekend of the year. What is one of the best sports weekends of the year? What's the first best weekend of the year? Oh, the first weekend of March Madness. Okay. (laughs) But this is the soccer equivalent. Like, there's like, there's the same, what do we have, 64 teams in the tournament right now? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's massive. Yeah, it's we... so nice that they that they decided to put the United game smack during the Merseyside derby. Like that's thrilling. Yeah, that's <laughs> fun. Thanks for that on the work day. <laughs> Sounds like you're going to be spending some more money at that United bar, Paulie. I literally I thought about like oh maybe I'll go into work like really early and like and then like kind of like take lunch at three o'clock and just cut out and be like oh I'm leaving early too. And then I was like I got him like because the bar is a block away from where I work. Oh boy, and that's like, phenomenal and dangerous. And I was like, oh, this way I could like watch them both. And then I just went, oh, but I've, I've spent so much money there recently. Like, I, I just really can't do it. You should get frequent flyer miles or whatever you want to call it. The restaurant equivalent of it. Oh, if you think I spend nearly as much as the, the other people that are there. You know, I'm like a blip on their radar. <laughs> so it's not a, hey, Polly, every time you go in. Oh no no no! We are at the we're we're at the point where I I can walk in and like kind of just like lift a hand and a drink comes to me and like I don't have to put my credit card down until like at the end. We we are at that point. Okay. But you're not just but you're not ordering pitcher after pitcher of Belgian beer. No no, but like the bartender like if like I just have to raise a hand and he knows what my drink order is. Well, that's a, that's a start. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's a start. Do they have do That's they a, serve do they serve that, food at this the place? Start down, they do serve food and it is good. They serve good food. But is that the start down the right road? <laughs> yes. I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> I'm gonna have to agree with Seb on that. Yeah, it's like shears. You walk in, hey, then your drink comes up and it's all good. So I say that's a positive. Taking a look at the top of the table, we've already said Manchester City, they're just running away with it here. They did have a little blip as they only got a scoreless draw away to Crystal Palace on New Year's Eve. Then they bounced back with a 3-1 win over Watford. Uh, They're without David Silva, who's uh, attending his prematurely born son. So uh, all well wishes to him, of course. Uh, but yeah, City running away with it. They're sitting at 62 points, and you got Manchester yeah, but United. Yeah, they should have lost. Manchester United, lost. 47 points. So they should have lost to my to my new adopted team, Crystal Palace. <laughs> oh, you already put dibs in on Crystal Palace. I didn't. Oh, uh, but they're. I mean, I mean, I kind of did because I love Wilfred Zaha, and he's he's one of those guys I irrationally love because he was so damn good in FIFA 13. So. Like I'm, I'm very excited for United to, s- to spend way too much money on Paulo Dybala because I love him because he was so good in FIFA 15. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, at least you've got your metrics. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, then, that, I then, I then found out that the um, the Palace um, are owned by the same guys that own the Sixers and the Devils, so I don't really like rooting for them. Ooh. And that if Palace get relegated, there's fears that the owners might try to make up that lost revenue money from somewhere else, which my friend AK said, a.k.a. trimming the Devils roster. And that would be good for me as a Ranger fan. So <laughs> That's bad, though, that the Devils' internal budget is set by Crystal Palace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that is not the link you want if you're a Devils fan. Uh, Oof, that's rough. Yeah, but looking at places, two, three, four, uh, United, 47 points, Chelsea, 46 points, Liverpool, 44 points. Uh, United broke out of their draw funk here, three draws in a row. First 2-2 against Leicester, then 2-2 against Burnley, and then scoreless against Southampton. And then they got a 2-0 win against Everton on New Year's Day. Day goals by Martial and Lingard. Polly, I know you were at City Field watching the Winter Classic, but did you manage to catch this game after the fact? Of course. Yes. Not a coincidence that we started Anthony Martial as a striker and all of a sudden we're scoring goals and we win. Mm. Oh, and not a coincidence that Mr. Oh, Manchester City spends so much money. I obviously need more money to make my team better. Like we spoke about last week, uh, Turns out your better players happen to already be on your team and they're academy graduates. <laughs> yeah. He's been very negative lately. He yeah, took a, no kidding. He took a dig at Paul Skulls the other day, which okay, I don't different. like. I don't know. Well, it was it was a qualified dig. It was a yeah. very I mean, you know, he he did that thing where he just kept lavishing praise on him and slowly was like Phenomenal player. We can't all be so phenomenal. Can't all be so phenomenal. As a pundit, mm, I don't like him. But phenomenal player. 
Well, yeah. that was yeah. He was doing that to ease it. He was doing that to ease yeah, the blow while also while also pumping smoke up his own ass. But he was also doing it so that you didn't talk about the fact that we didn't score a goal against Southampton, and that you you weren't talking about how uh, Pogba's looked terrible. Well, we were talking about how Pogba looked terrible because that's what <laughs> Skulls was saying. But about how everybody else looked terrible and how Marcos Rowe looked terrible and how Ashley Young got suspended for a dumb thing that you know he shouldn't have done and and. You know, he couldn't play the injury card anymore because we're tired of hearing it. This was Mar- this was classic Mourinho, like, diverting the attention. Um, just to, you know, and, and he, he said it, you know, he, he prays on skulls. He's a great player. Uh, as a pundit, all he does is complain. And guess what? He's not wrong. As a yeah. pundit, all Paul Skulls has done has been complain about Manchester United. Now, I will also say this. Everything that he has said about United, I agree with, but... That is all he's done, and it is it is kind of just like, yeah, I get it, you're a former player, but, like, you know what? Uh, it, Ferguson's not here anymore, and, and there are different people, and, and they do have different styles, and, you know, you, you kind of just have to live with it. But this was just Mourinho, you know, creating creating smoke somewhere else so that we looked over here and we didn't see where the actual fire is. Yeah, that fire. And uh, I saw Daily Mail wrote today that, United fear that Mourinho might resign after the season. I think they, I would be fear. To- yeah, exactly. Fear. I would be totally fine with that. Fear. Oh, I got Mourinho would be an idiot to do that, and I'll tell you why. Because, like, how long will he make it at PSG? I mean, it would be two the seasons? usual two, two or three <laughs> years. Two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> two, two or three. The usual two or three. And where's he going after PSG? There's literally nobody that can put up with Mourinho after PSG. So uh, you better hold on to, like, at least get in two and a half seasons at United to prolong your career so that your career could be like, I don't know, you could have another four years of managerial work or you could have another, like, two. You don't think the Portuguese national team would want him at some point? Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's what everybody keeps saying is is he'll get into international management, but how could a guy who makes his thing on, oh, I have to buy the best players, I need more money, go to international management? Well, but I also I also think that, you know, I mean, yeah, Paul, you were just talking about how he's kind of the master of misdirection, right, with all of, you know, it's classic Jose. Not the master of it. Well, okay, whatever. That's but he's, you know. He's the... Okay. He's a, an understudy of it, but the difference <laughs> is, the difference is like when, when, you know, they always say this, like he does this in year one and he does it in year two. And then in year three, it gets annoying. Why does it get annoying in year three? Because he's not winning. Like everybody put up with it with Ferguson because Ferguson can back it up on the field. And in year one and two, Mourinho backs it up on the field. So, well, the thing is that I wonder though, if he's not eventually going to tire of it himself. You know, I think that, He's, I think that on some level, he actually deeply enjoys trying to play these mind games and complaining to the media. Like, I think that he, he does it so much that on some level he has to kind of get off on it, but he's getting old, right? Like, and he's going to get tired of it. And I wonder if he wouldn't actually really enjoy in the same way that I wonder this about Arsene Wenger as well. It's like the constant media pressure, the constant media attention. Yeah, you're under the microscope with a national team. But you play so much less frequently, and it just seems to me like okay, that would be that would be 
still a high pressure job, but not as kind of omnipresent tabloid pressure that you get certainly as a manager in England, but to some level as a manager in any top league in any big club. Let's I, I, uh, I put a pin in this can't. one. It's uh, break time. We'll talk more Manchester United when we come back after these quick words. Okay, and we're back. Before the break, we were talking about Jose Mourinho and his, uh, you know, future, let's say, as uh, United Chiefs fear that he might resign after the season. I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. And <laughs> PSG seems like the logical next de destination for him. Then we were saying that the only destination. maybe, you know, the Portuguese national team might be something that he won't like to try his you know hands on before I mean, not he necessarily retires. the portuguese national team but a national team i mean I obviously mean, like, he's portuguese. here's what it comes down to here's what it comes down to like look the guy won at porto yeah but this isn't 2004 anymore and that's and this is ultimately what seb and i spoke about last week when when you were out elliot is the difference between him and pep seems to be that pep takes what he has and is making them better and Jose is not making any of his players better and instead is just saying, I need to be I need to get better players. And where is that? Like, look, if you took if you took a team uh, of average players and made them above average or good players, and then your your team said, Hey, but you know, we don't want you know, you took a team that should have finished eleventh and you finished seventh, but we don't we're tired of finishing seventh, we want to finish fourth, then you could say, Okay, I need better players. Uh, you know, I need players that, you know, can either finish fourth or could finish sixth, and I'll turn them into players that could finish fourth. Jose's taking players that should be able to compete and win the league, and he's not doing anything with them. I mean, and what happens when you go to a national team where any of the good ones that actually have good players aren't going to want him? And anybody else, you know, what happens when your best player is an 18-year-old and he's unproven? Jose's going to kick him to the curb. I mean, I do think that Pep has been in a fortunate situation, though, that he has been at very strong clubs, and they've also they've spent pretty good money. Okay. Um, there's no disagreement there. But... But, like you said, it's we, not 2004 someone, anymore. If we had someone that wanted to go back through the tapes, we could probably make a 30-minute show of just me talking about how overrated I thought Pep was. You know, he got... He got those players at Barcelona. Um, he went to Bayern Munich when there was no one else in the Bundesliga. And now he's at Manchester. He has turned the Premier League into the Bundesliga with yep. Manchester City. And by the way, like, like, oh, wow, he spent money on fullbacks. Like, who else did he spend money on? All right, Gabriel Jesus, uh, he cost about as much money as Luke Shaw, and Mourinho won't, lose, won't use Luke Shaw. Um, Kevin De Bruyne was already there. David Silva was already there. Um, he bought a, a goalkeeper who was terrible, so he just bought a new one. Um, so yeah, he does have the resources, but it's not like, and he's gotten rid of a lot of players. You know, he got rid of company, uh, not company, um, uh, Zabaleta and, and, uh, one of the Fernandos and stuff. Mourinho hasn't gotten rid of anybody. He hasn't made anybody better. And Again, when, when the injuries occur, he says, okay, we're going to take Fabian Delph and stick him at left back, and he makes it work. Mourinho's like, ah, I, I, I got nothing. I can't do, sh I can't do anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm, lo I'm looking back here at the squad that he had when they won the Champions League with Porto. And yeah, he was really good. Like, there's no denying that. And then 
And when he, and then he went to Chelsea and he turned John Terry and Frank Lampard into what they were. And he turned Didier Drogba into uh, a, an underachieving from an underachieving striker into one of the best strikers in the world. He was really, really good. But there they, is no they... denying that. But the game caught up to him and the game changed and he hasn't changed with it. Well, you know what's sad is that that is... I mean, maybe not sad. Maybe it's illustrative of the two old rivals is that that is precisely what's also true of Arsene Wenger, right? Like, he he was good. He was inarguably one of the greatest managers in the world, and what he did was he amazing. The and then the game changed and caught up with him, and he hasn't changed with it. Well, he changed it. He came in, and he changed it. And Ferguson had to play catch-up to, to, to Wenger. And then Ferguson caught up, and, and he blew Wenger by it. And then Mourinho came, and Ferguson had to play catch-up again. And that's what made Ferguson so good, was that no, no matter what hurdle came, and I forgot what I was listening to last week, but they were, they were saying he was at an age where, like, people can't figure out how to use a computer, and Ferguson's figuring out how to reinvent, how to catch up and reinvent soccer. Yeah. Mourinho hasn't been able to do that, and, and Wenger hasn't been able to do that. But I like that you brought up Arsenal, because let's, let's go and dive into the academy, speaking of academy products. Yeah. How are you on the uh, resurgence of Jack Wilshire? Where? Oh, phenomenal! I mean, I've I've always had a lot of time for Jack. Like he's he's a player that I've always rated highly, and he's a player whom you know one of the common complaints about Arsenal down the years, and I would say to some extent still currently as well, is that like they can let backbone, they can go missing, they don't have that bite, especially in the middle of the park, and he gives you all of those things. I mean, the question around him has never been. A, his kind of inborn talent, B, his desire to play, or C, even his love for the club, it's always just been his fitness, first and foremost, and last and final. And, you know, he's put together a great string of games. Do I think Arsenal should give him a contract? Absolutely. Does that mean he couldn't just do his MCL two weeks from now and be out for the rest of the year? Also, absolutely. But, like, I'm I'm thrilled to see Jack back in the squad and playing well. I mean, he could also be pushing for a spot in the England squad for Russia, too. Well, yeah, and hopefully that'll be a, a position that is, you know, earned by Jack and not gifted to him based on the fact that he's got a name and he's... Well, no, Gareth, Gareth Southgate is very adamant that he'll be taking form players only, and yeah, uh, hopefully, you know, I don't have a problem with him making the squad. I don't think he should be a starter. I also don't think Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain should be a starter. I, I have, and this goes back to even before he went on his, on his tear that started in December. I did think Jesse Lingard should actually be a starter for, um, for England and just play in that same role that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain that Southgate uses the Ox in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's suited for that role much better and would be a better player at it. I wouldn't be shocked if Wayne Rooney got back into the England squad as to be the, the fourth veteran forward kind of midfield guy. Wouldn't that wouldn't shock me either. But I'm very much here for the Jack Wilshire revival because there's nothing better than Jack Wilshire getting you know, coming back to health, being really good, signing a new five year contract, then Wenger will say, Well we don't need to buy a new midfielder because we have Jack <laughs> Wilshire and he'll more than likely spend the next five years hurt. Oof. Oof. I mean, I'm, I'm well, no, but like, let's be real. Arsenal are only going to sign him to a contract that is heavily incentivized by appearances, 
Right? They would be they would be sure, terribly sure. foolish. That's now. fine. I'm not I'm not worried about the financial ramifications of it. They are Arsenal. They could afford to pay somebody else if they choose to. They choose not to. It's the fact that when they sign, it, it's like with the Mets and being like, oh, we well, David Wright says he's back this year, so we don't have to go out and get a third baseman. And it's like, dude, you can't bank on that guy to play more than 20 games. Uh, like, if they sign Jack Wilshere to a new contract, Vanger will be like, oh, but we have Jack Wilshere. So we don't need a new midfielder. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think that you do know. They, you don't want to admit that I'm right. Well, no, no. Here's the, I'm gonna. I, you know, I I just said I don't know. I don't think that I can count on Jack Wilshere to be healthy beyond tomorrow. Essentially, I will but, question. You know, for a guy who, it's not just like flukes and bad luck. I mean, the guy literally has been injured for like three straight years. Playing in five, like all five of these games during the festive period. What are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. But I, my question, my qualm with that is that in the hypothetical, let's say Jack Wilshere signs a five-year contract, uh, maybe this is being overly optimistic. But in no, in no way do I think four years from now, Arsene Wenger is the manager of Arsenal Football Club. Ah, uh, you wouldn't have thought that in, that he'd be the manager this year in May, but that's true. But four four years from now is a long time. He's an old man. Arsene Wenger's kind of turning into the Marvin Lewis of, of soccer. Okay. He's just, he's won a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Carragher came out and criticized the Arsenal defense after the game against Chelsea, calling it Sunday League. Well, yeah, I mean, they, like, Murata should have buried us. He absolutely should have buried us. At the same time, the hazard penalty was terribly soft. It was, a, from a neutral perspective, it was a phenomenal game, right? Like, if you just kind of casually enjoy the sport and you sit down and you watch that game, you get your money's worth and then some. Like, it was, it was a great game. But, yeah, no, we were as terrible in defense as we often are, perhaps a little worse because Koscielny was out injured and Callum Chambers had a horror show of a match. I think he made maybe one good defensive play and otherwise was just terrible. Uh, Mustafi was below par for... His standards, which I think are decent standards, but still not phenomenal. Yeah, no, I mean, just put it, I, I, I opened with it and I'll close with it again. Murata should have buried us. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's leave the Premier League behind and take a look at the FA Cup here. Third round kicking off on Friday. We got a Merseyside derby between Liverpool and Everton, and then we got Manchester United playing derby. So that'll be fun. It, it, it hopefully will be fun. Paulie's sneaking away from work and everything. Uh, then we got a... No, I'll just put it on at work like I always do, but uh, ho- hopefully we take care of business. To be fair, though, a co- two years ago we played Sheffield United and it took us like an 89th-minute Rooney penalty to win, and we won the FA Cup, so... Yeah, you never know. I mean, how, January teams are tired. You never know what will happen. How how much would you rotate the squad if you were in charge? There's no one to rotate. We discussed this after the league cup. Like, there's no one to go to because we don't have any squad players or fringe players or academy players. We don't have anyone to rotate. They do have a under twenty three side. So just take a couple of guys. Just take them. Yeah, who played great in the last game last year. Why not, like, there's no reason that one spot should not go to each of these guys all the time. Like, just, like, play them in a few in a, a few minutes here, a few minutes there. Like, Angel Gomez should be on the bench in this game. Yes. 
But he won't be. Who knows? Yeah, Liverpool, Everton, of course. That's the... Liverpool are without a lot of players. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Liverpool are without Coutinho, who has what they're calling a diplomatic thigh injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently Mo Salah and Sadio Mane have a, an African award ceremony Thursday night, and they are been ruled out. Okay. So, yeah, we'll see some new faces there then. Then we got a whole slew of games on Saturday. Is there anything that sticks out to you guys, something that we should keep an extra eye on? I only looked at the ones that are on TV, and there's some gems. There's some bad ones. Oh, like, yeah. No one wants to see Manchester City Burnley. That's not an FA Cup third-round tie, I want to say. No, that, that's boring. But, oh, 7.30, we kick off with Fleetwood Town hosting Leicester City. I am so in for that. Yep. Uh, any, any, game where, any game where the camera has to go on the roof of the stadium because there's nowhere to put it, like, sign me up. Um, and City Burnley, Fulham versus Southampton, I guess, is okay. I'm, I'm up for Ipswich, Sheffield United. Yeah, but that's, it's on TV. Uh, that's, I'll find it. <laughs> Norwich, Norwich, Chelsea is, eh, I've seen that recently. Um yeah, oh, that... Sunday morning. Sunday morning, yes. Ham versus West Ham. Oh, I can, no. I can, I can get down with that one. Yeah, my, my fixture for Sunday, even though, you know, Arsenal, obviously, but AFC Wimbledon taking on Tottenham. Oh, man, I love a, I know, I love a supporter-owned club in it to try to giant kill my arch rivals. It's, I'm, I'm so waking up for that one. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. And then there's one game on Monday that's Brighton against Crystal Palace. Also a boring one there. Uh, And Arsenal, you get to face Nottingham Forest in your everlasting quest to, you know, not play real teams on your way to winning the FA Cup again. Yeah, we do our best. Don't don't underestimate Forest. They're a decent side. Yeah, Uh, they are. We only have one game to predict here. That's the game that's being played on Thursday between Spurs and oh, I West Ham. To this. I did update this. So, Paulie, you're in the lead, 164. I'm second, 148. And Elliot is third with 139. Uh, close the gap just a little bit. Just a little bit. So, oh, I had a 10 point week. Oh, yeah. a three point week, too. Mm-hmm. That's bad. <laughs> well, yeah, because I missed all the freaking predictions. No, I had a three point. Yeah, all three we of all us. Had, we all had a three point. Jesus, Elliot, you didn't make any picks and you didn't lose any no. crowd. Yeah! Woo! No. Uh, good. I was probably lucky that I had a fever then. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was a 1 0 like, home game in that week. No, there, oh, was, yeah, there was no 1 0, but. Oh. He, there were three home side that won at least. Okay, so Spurs against West Ham. I'm gonna go three one Spurs. I go three nil. Uh, well, I was I was gonna say I was gonna do three one, but I'll do three nil. Now I'm I'm gonna only give them two goals. Two nil. I got. I got to pick differently. I got to try to make up this ground here. Yep. I just think true. they're the fresher team. West Ham are exa- everybody. Everybody was exhausted last game, but Harry Kane didn't play, so he's somewhat fresh, and that'll that'll help. But Andy Carroll is riding high on fatherhood. <laughs> what was the name of the kid again? Wolf Nine. Wolf Nine. nine. So let's close I, out I, with I, that. A couple things. First of all, where do you get the name Wolf Nine from? Because his number nine, and he's a wolf. Wolf, not yeah, but his other, so the other thing. The other thing, Andy Carroll quietly has four kids. 
Wow. The other three have very normal names. Uh, Is one of them running on top of cars with my teammate because I'm a tool? No. Uh, And then the other other thing was, you know, he's 28 years old, and I was like, wow, Andy Carroll is the same age as me. That is a wild, wild thought. And it really um, redefines the moniker of, like, success because, I mean, would you call him a successful footballer? Oh, you have to. I, that exactly like I mean in the grand scheme of like the Premier League no he's kind of a bust he had a good half year and has been just unliving unfulfilled potential since then but yeah uh, he's been in the Premier League his whole his whole uh, life and here I am sitting talking about it yeah you could also be a four four uh, kid uh, father I could be but I'm not yeah okay <laughs> and I would, I would, I would, I would I call that a win. It would not be good if I was. There you go. They would know their names at the United Bar, too. Okay, with that, <laughs> we're going to say goodbye, as always. You can follow us on Twitter. My name, my handle is Seb Noren. Paulie is P. Costell. Elliot is Keats was better. Give Fanrick Sports a follow as well. And we'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you.